Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. On today's podcast episode, we have Dr. Amanda Barrientes. Dr. Amanda is joining us from Colorado, where she runs her business, and she's going to tell us all about her. I'll let her introduce herself instead of me doing the 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 whole intro. But what you'll like is the title. We're not title, the name of her business. No fucking around. And of course, we'll make sure we make the you know tell the the, the parents don't let their kids listen to this episode. Um, <laughs> but I do pl- love plug the ears during that one little spot. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. But you know, you were saying like, Hey, I I'm getting up early for this podcast interview. And I said, I, I definitely knew you'd show up because with a title like that, it's like you have big shoes to fill. So tell us about yourself, Amanda. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. And you know, it's funny the the name, I love that you say it that way because I am, it's like I'm Latina, Native American, Mexican, Indian, white, okay. like all the things. And so I've got like such a diverse family and That's heritage. Cool. And so, you know, it's, uh, yes. Yeah. Some of my family says it that way. Some of my family says it very indies. I always choose to say it the way that my grandpa said it. And yeah. so, yeah. know. That's a whole nother <laughs> story for another podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, yeah. My company name is NFA money and NFA stands for no fucking around. And, you know, the essence of NFA is radical responsibility. It's this idea that you are radically responsible for your reality. And that when you take that mindset, you can really create anything you choose to. And a lot of that comes from this place of, you know, when I was on food stamps and really stuck, I blamed everyone else for my reality in a lot of ways. And I was really scared and victim minded. And, and I just, I didn't know it at the time, but I had, you know, this mindset of scarcity and thinking like, I don't, I'm stuck and it's everyone else's fault. And so, you know, my journey into entrepreneurship really began when I was on the floor crying one night and I'd left my 15 year marriage, having an affair and my next relationship wasn't working out. So I was looking at this empty basement where my boyfriend had moved out all of his stuff that day and I had was on the in the newspaper at the time it was like Craigslist, right? To find a place to live. And I couldn't find anything that I could afford. I had three kids. I was in grad school. I was already on food stamps. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even know where I'm gonna live with my kids. And I had this moment where I realized, you know, I was kind of scanning across my life course, just going like, what is the problem here? And I'm like, it's me. Like I'm the problem, (laughs) you know, like other people are making it in the world. Why am I not? And so I, I made a promise to myself in that moment, like I'm willing to do whatever it takes to figure out how to have a healthy relationship and make more money. And that led me to listening to podcasts because I was already super busy. And so like when I was driving my kids to school or riding my bike to school or walking between classes. As I would be listening to podcasts on double speed. Like I got to integrate everything I possibly can. And it was so cool because it started to change the way that I thought. And, you know, I noticed the pattern also that all of these, these podcasts were done by like coach type people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, maybe this is what I want to do with That's my your life. Calling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, I always think the universe works in really cool ways. So at the same time, my department where I was earning my PhD was having this like national news fallout. Professors were leaving and everyone was super stressed. And I was like, I don't want to be a professor. This looks not good, (laughs) you know, just stressful and not as much money as I thought it was going to be and a lot, a lot of work. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to just take the leap and be a coach. And so I decided when I graduated, I'm going to take the leap, see what happens. And in that first year I went six figures. And so since then I've really 
have this just bliss of working with entrepreneurs and helping people break through what I call money blocks, Mm -hmm. those unconscious things that keep them stuck. And realistically, it's everything, you know, it's like your, your inner world is a reflection. You're sorry, your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, money, relationships, feeling good in your life, you got to work on what's within. And so money is one of those really simple, tangible ways to see people's inner beliefs that are unconscious. And so I love working with people on healing their relationship to money so they can feel free and build, you know, feel a sense of freedom and build businesses that they love and enjoy doing what they're doing in the world. Well, that sounds like an amazing journey. And the fact that you can share and be vulnerable and just put it out there to show people that like, look, life wasn't perfect for you either. And you had the same challenges that everyone has, but I'm going to push back on you a little bit on the, 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 the mindset. Cause I know that this is, this is something I hear from a lot of my entrepreneurs who are maybe like second, third, fourth time doing it. And they haven't been as successful as they really mm. want to be. Yeah. And I'll say, look, go out, get a coach, get this, get that. But I, the, the, but the pushback for me is this, even you at this point, Amanda, right? Even myself, Alex, 20 years entrepreneur, I've had several, three multi-million dollar businesses. Like we are still, I mean, let's acknowledge that we are still at risk of losing it all. And if you do lose it all, I think it's the mindset that you're talking about, in my opinion, in my experience, it's the mindset that you're talking about that will get you through things. So it doesn't mean Again, the message to those listening who go, well, that's easy for you to say. I'm right now two, $3 million in debt because hello, I've been there. Um, and it's uh, it's not that I'm a victim, but it's like, it's going to be really hard to get out of this. It might take two, three, four, five years, whatever. I think the message for those listening who are in a tough spot is that there is light at the end of the tunnel, but you have to adopt that mindset that you're talking about. But the also the acknowledgement is that some of us in life, many of us actually, the majority of the world, we start out the race all the way back there, all the way <laughs> yeah. back there. Forget the bottom of the bottom. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's the, that's the truth. And then so me, most people will never get higher education like you did, like mm-hmm. I did. That's just fact. Um, and, and life will be tough, but I, I do agree with you that it's that mindset and then building blocks. And then for me, acknowledging always that, listen, if I don't protect that mindset, and that, that everything that I've built protected really well, day in, day out, I could end up in the same place that I've been several times in my life, right? So like I'm seeing it right now with a lot of my crypto friends who are like, oh my God, I lost all my crypto. It's like, listen, what did you think? It was just going to go up and up and up and up and up. <laughs> it happens, right? Yeah. So, but I love that you're part of the game. That. Yeah. But I love that you're talking about yeah. the mindset because it's true. You put your head down, just keep moving forward. Not yeah. worried about well, it's raining or it's whatever the the situation is, right? You know, it's amazing what you're saying, Alex, because you're exactly right. It is a completely unrealistic expectation to think that we're going to have straight line success. Like, oh, I start here and I end up at the top of the mountain without any curves at all. Mm. Awesome. Like that's unrealistic. And exactly what you're saying, it's mindset that keeps you playing in the game. Part of the reason, I don't know if this is uh, just audio or both audio and video, but I have like spirals all over my office. I'm really into spirals because I think about spirals as the way we grow, right? We're ever Mm -hmm. expanding and it's not always just up. You have to get to the next evolution of yourself that expands out. You 
have to be on the down too, yeah. right? That's different the- journeys. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you have to have that contrast to be able to see what you do and don't want. And also optimal growth occurs at the border of challenge and support. If you were oh, always yeah. supported, you wouldn't optimally grow. And yeah. so you can't be on an always up leveling trajectory because it, you can feel like you are if your mindset is aligned, right? Mm-hmm. So what that means is that you're going to face challenges. You're going to lose some crypto. You're going to lose some customers. You're going to maybe have your whole business fall apart in COVID. Like who knows? The the people who make it are the ones who can sit in that and and accept their feelings and and what's going on and go, okay, now yeah. what do I do? How and do make I- a plan forward, right? Exactly. It's like how do I pivot? <laughs> if your car breaks down and like we're about to go to New yes. York in a, in a couple of weeks and drive in uh last summer, we have we have a little RV trailer. So my wife and I and the four kids would get in the RV trailer and we go up and we had last summer three tire blowouts okay not fun <laughs> on not one fun. trip wow yeah on one trip and and for years we've never had a tire a, a blowout yeah. right so it, like yeah. three and in the hot summer on the side of i-95 one time at like seven o'clock in the middle of a storm we had to unhook the trailer and get but you know what like just like you said that challenge and support in this case obviously i'm talking personal family we all have to say mindset which is like okay Plan B, plan C, let's keep moving. No need to cry or, or get upset. And then just keep moving forward. Because if you focus on that big challenge in front of you, you don't move. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I think it's amazing when we look back at challenges that when we're in the middle of it, we think this is so hard. Oh my God, what am I going to do? But then, you know, in hindsight, you look back and you can see all the lessons that you got out of it and all the beneficial growth. Mm -hmm. And you go, Oh, I get why that happened now. But in the middle of it, you can't always see it. And some of the challenges are bigger for some people, right? You know, it's like, it depends if it's a small challenge, like a tire blowout, not as big of a deal. Losing millions of dollars, much bigger deal, it feels like, right? (laughs) And so it might take longer for you to have that perspective to go, oh, I can see how this was all for my growth in the end, right? Yeah, I think about when I I had a construction business for about seven years um, in the 2000s and we, we serve thousands of customers, some really high-end uh, renovations, like uh-huh. $200,000 kitchen remodels. But then we do some small jobs, you know, like a small little bathroom remodel. And it's interesting because in those cases, we at that time, I lived in South Florida. So go to Miami, these beautiful condos, whatnot. And you could have a person who's like doing a $200,000 remodel, just miserable, miserable, just you know, making the installers, the technic, like yeah. everybody just like angry at everything, every, like a feather, you know, and they're angry and they're just upset. You're like, you are so miserable. And then you'd have like someone who's doing a, you know, maybe a one bedroom condo. Uh, they're just replacing their floors. They're just like, you know, really happy and, and humble and whatnot. And so I always just tell my guys that I'm like, cause you, you'd find that in both sides, yeah. but inevitably the people with the money were the ones who were not always so nice and weren't re- willing to spend the time to build the relationship. Maybe they were too busy focused on money, whatever it yeah. is, you know, different cultures, yeah. different places. But I always used to say, you see guys, I mean, having all that money is not the answer. I mean, it's, if like money is your only focus. And yeah. I liked what you were talking about in the beginning when you were saying about I, I sort of like demystifying money yeah. um, because it is a part of life and you have to acknowledge that having more is definitely better. will give you a better uh, quality <laughs> of life, but yeah. you don't have to like reach for the billions. And then if you never yeah. get to billion, 
you say, well, I'm not going to be, I'm not successful if I don't get there because yeah. that's, that's in, not, a, you don't need all of that to begin with. Man, you're saying so many things that I want to talk about because it, what you're saying is so important. First, one thing I think that's, it's a really powerful money block for most people is that wealthy people are greedy jerks. Mm-hmm. We, we get that download a lot, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, you know, wealthy people treat people like crap. They're jerks. They're mm-hmm. high tension. They're stressed. And of course we see it. And then we can also see the flip side where, you know, there are wealthy people that are also like super relaxed and mellow and kind and all the things, but we get stuck in our head that wealthy people can be really rude. And then mm-hmm. it causes us to push money away from us mm-hmm. because we're, why would we ever subconsciously choose to become something we fear or hate? or resent, right? We would go like, I don't want to be that because of that. what if I turn into that? I'm going to be. And that's why, and that's why I said it exists on both yes, ends, right? Yes. So yes. For, me, for, for me, over the last 20 years, I've worked literally with over a hundred nonprofit organizations and you've been in the in- university. So I've lectured at universities. I've worked with universities and the people in who are public servants, the people in the nonprofit worlds, like the board members, the big donors, trustees, I mean, people who are writing million dollar checks, yeah. Really nice, really giving. Right. So I've for the people who have money, the ones who are not jerks, I I, I have found that they are in certain circles yeah. of, of this world. Um, I, I won't talk about religion because that's a whole separate conversation because you can find some people who are there for the wrong reasons to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Um, but definitely I think like when to your point, when people have pushed against capitalism and said, oh, capitalism is horrible. I said, whoa, calm down. I'm sitting in boardrooms with people who are, you know, multimillionaires and they're writing these big checks to help. Yeah. Don't have it. Really nice people. They don't have to do that, but they do that. Oh, but they're doing it for a tax write-off. No. I mean, they they could go send their money to the Cayman Islands or somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And, and they could hide <laughs> it, but they're choosing to do that because yeah. it's in their heart. And then, and then the same thing, you could have people who are, you know, broke and really rude too. So it's amazing, right? Across the spectrum. I think another thing you said that's really important is this, like money is just an enhancer of who you already are, you know, like, like all of a sudden I'm going to get a whole bunch of money and I'm going to turn from being like Amanda, who's, who cares a ton about helping people to all of a sudden I'm just a greedy jerk and I don't care about people at all. Like that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a jerk, you're a jerk already. You're (laughs) not going to change. I like what you said though, that it does enhance because I feel like Elon Musk, I don't care. I know I'm going to get flack from people that guy that guy i mean the richer he gets the bigger of a jerk he becomes now if you're an elon musk fan congratulations good for you <laughs> i'm not and um i it just is what it is you know because what you said about enhancing is so right on because all the people that i've known who were really nice as they made more money my mom is one my mom came here as an immigrant to america built a multi-million dollar company Um, She probably would never become a billionaire because she gives all her money away to the family and friends and everyone. Uh, And I always said, my, you're like, you, you know, you're like mother Teresa and she's always giving the more she made, the more she gave. That's so cool. The more she she gave. So yeah, I think you're so right how it enhances. And in my mom's case, I mean, that's what I saw was the more she had, the more she gave away, which is an incredible thing. Right. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. It's so incredible that you got to be raised by a powerful mom too, you know? Oh, big time. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's awesome. So tell me yeah. you're, you're, you're like, for you, you work with all these clients and you're helping them grow. And you, you talked about at that cross section of challenges and, and then you supporting them. What, like, do you have any like stories that come to mind? You don't have obviously tell the name, but any stories that really like resonate with you and show like, here's where having a coach can take you from like just a dream to reality. I mean, I have so many, you know, what I think is the most incredible working with people. I could, I've worked with people from, you know, startups. I've, I, my dissertation research was with incarcerated men mm-hmm. doing life history interviews. So it's like, I've worked with prisoners. I've worked with multimillionaires. I never got to work with a billionaire yet, but multi multimillionaires, like may I call them mega millionaires, you know? <laughs> so it's like across the spectrum. The, the thing that is the coolest working with people is that everybody has money blocks. I've never met a person who doesn't. We yeah, right. all do. And at whatever level you break through to, you're going to face new money blocks when you have kids all of a sudden, or you start a new business, or you break through to a new level of your business, or you move into a different house, or I mean, you get sick. Like all these things bring yeah. up our unconscious belief system. So it's like, I'll work with people who have been in business for years and are just kind of stagnant in their flow. And then literally in one session, they'll double their profits because they have a breakthrough in their mind where they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize my entire life I've been running this money story. And it can be a very simple breakthrough. And, and of course, it doesn't happen for everyone every time. But usually when people start to delve into their unconscious, and, and the reason is because you don't know that that's what's messing you up, right? I, my whole business is, is, is built on this quote by Carl Jung. He says, until you make the unconscious conscious, mm-hmm. it will run your life and you will call it fate. And I love that quote, because once you shine a light on that unconscious spot, it can breathe and you can transform until you shine the light on that unconscious spot. It's going to keep playing out in almost like a self-sabotage pattern that you can't understand why it's happening. And it'll come across in even different contexts of your life. It might Mm -hmm. show up as a, in a patterned way in your business. It could show up in a patterned way in your relationships. It could show up in a, you know, and it's just these unconscious blocks because when we're little kids, we're like sponges. And we're, we're what they call now, like in brainwave technology, they can actually measure your brainwaves. And you can see that you're at a certain level of frequency when you're from ages zero to seven, you're the most impressionable. It's like a hypnotic state. And so what you're doing is from zero to seven, you're seeing everything go on around you. You're being told a whole bunch of people's beliefs and you are just digesting and ingesting and programming your brain that way. And you believe it to be true because there's no arguing when you're a kid, you're not consciously going, I don't know if I choose that belief or not. (laughs) You know, you're just going like, Oh, okay. My parents said, this is so my preacher said, this is so TV said, this is so okay. And you believe it. And then you play that pattern out. And because our reticular activating system in our brain, our RAS is programmed to look for what we believe to be true. You will find it. So then you reconfirm it throughout your life course and you keep telling yourself the same story and you keep getting the same results. And so, you know, like when I work with people, I mean, I've had people in sessions before where they had a breakthrough and literally not, I don't want people to think it's going to happen to them because they're like, I don't want this to happen. She had to leave and throw up. She's like, she had like such a powerful visceral response. She was like, oh my God. And she left and threw up and she came back and she was like, Oh my God. Cause I it's never... physical. It's that spi- yeah. I mean, part, fi- yeah. part, part spiritual, part physical, mental. It's all just kind of coming together. Totally. I've definitely had it yeah. early days. I've had many coaches in my life, in my, in my business, you know, entrepreneurial journey. I today coach many of my clients and a couple of the things that I want to talk to you about too, Amanda is the, which I find I help with my clients is the 
sometimes the insecurities that we all mm-hmm. have. Oh, yeah. So you help them overcome them because even the most confident type A person, they have those, right? Like if I talk to a client who just, you know, they're down 30, 40 percent in the in their 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 equities this year, even though maybe yeah. real estate is doing well, whatever. And they're saying, but I'm down like two million dollars they're going to have some insecurities there and oh, yeah. you can help them sort of overcome that. But the other part of that insecurity that I also want to talk to you about is the accountability of having a coach, which I hear so often from my clients and from other coaches like yourself who say like, that is just huge. I and mean, that's that support that you're talking about, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and a good coach will support and challenge you, right? Like right. the support yeah. is challenged because they're going to help you see what you can't see, which sometimes is scary. And most people don't want to do. I think some, not to demonize therapists in any way, because I think there's a role for everybody. I think therapists often are on the more support inside coaches are there to challenge you to new levels of yourself through pointing out the things you don't necessarily want to see yourself, <laughs> yeah. you know? So for me, especially NFA style, it's like, Hey, I'm not going to, I, the reason I came up with this name, it's a longer story than this, but in my (laughs) coaching one day, my client said, you know, you're like my tough love dad, but you're also really supporting like my mother. And I said, well, I'm not fucking around. I care about your transformation. (laughs) And it stuck in my mind. And I had used it as, you know, I I named all my sports teams growing up NF team NFA, and I would always win. And I was like, yes. And then, so when I said that, I was like, I was like, I should call my package NFA transformation. (laughs) And then I put it on my bio and this branding woman, she was like, she saw food stamps to six figures. And I said, NFA transformation. And she's like, you got to come on my podcast. And then she recommended I name my company that. And I stayed up all night long thinking like, am I really going to put the F word in my company name? <laughs> and it, I couldn't sleep. I woke up, I like, I got out of bed in the morning. I'm like, I'm doing it. And I just yeah. did it. You know, I was like, I'm going for it. And so it's that style. It's like, Hey, let's be NFA about facing our shit, you know, like Mm. let's just face our stuff so that we can get through it and break through to higher levels. And so in coaching, you know, the way I coach, it's like, oh, I will hold your hand. And I will also like, not an accountability of the way, like, I'm going to call you and be like, are you doing your work? Because you got to be self-accountable, right? Sure. sure. It's about challenging you to higher levels of yourself and facing this, the kind of dark, yucky spots you don't really want to see, which is why you've been avoiding looking at them your whole life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think there are in, in coaching, there are so many systems that, you know, exist and people, I'm sure you've developed some of your own. I certainly have. And, um, I find that, challenging uh, uh, an entrepreneur to go through these exercises that is sometimes thought provoking and, and, and takes time and energy, lots of energy, that in itself, putting them out of their comfort zone, giving them a new opportunity to look at it from a different angle can just provide. So like just a a completely different um, uh, just opportunity to grow where if you're just going through the day by day, by day, by day, by day, and you never have someone like, like yourself, come into the picture and really help guide them too, right? Because I'm sure, as you're saying, you challenge your clients to do these new things. These are opportunities that you wouldn't be going after if you didn't have that person. I mean, you're you're sort of like, because I've had COOs, like really highly paid COOs in my companies. And I remember when I hired my first COO, you know, about 10 years ago, I thought, oh, this person is going to do a lot of that for me. And they didn't, right? Because there's a lot of bias there too. Mm-hmm. And we're all looking at the same numbers. Like, oh my God, I thought it was going to be like having a coach too. And it uh, wasn't. And then yeah. like, like to your point, you know, whether you're talking to a counselor, a therapist, your wife, your mom, everyone provides a little something different. But I find that the coaches 
just provide really what you need for that growth. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I wish every person on the planet could have a coach, (laughs) you know, like the world would be so different. You would be able to excel and expand and that you were talking about insecurity, like to me, insecurity is one of the worst feelings, right? Yeah. Like it, I think about the scale of consciousness at the bottom of the scale of consciousness is shame and guilt mm-hmm. and fear is very low. And if we think about like a lack of confidence in something, it's often rooted in shame and guilt because we think I'm not good enough, mm-hmm. which is a shame feeling, right? That is yeah. the lowest vibrational frequency you can have. And so that keeps you held back from expanding your fullest potential because you're operating unconsciously in a place of shame. Most multi-millionaire entrepreneurs are not going to say, yeah, I live in shame, but they don't realize that that's actually what's happening when they're beating themselves up for losing money. That's a shame spot. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I've been there. I've been there. You just have to go, hey, you know what? It's okay. I got to find my answer to the ups and downs of business that everyone it will experience if you, well, you'll experience it even if you're a professional at a nine to five at a big corporation, we all will experience it, right? I mean, there's downsizing. Sometimes you get fired. Entrepreneurship's a lot the same. I tell people, you know, it's not like both have pros and cons, you yeah. know, just one, you have a lot more freedom and more responsibility being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but, but I think that the, um, there's a lot that you can learn from someone who's not in your business. And so for me, that definitely has been the case. I still have coaches till this day. And even though I'm coaching and mentoring other clients, they're like, wow. So yes, because I mean, my wife, she's been in the business with me for 15 years. She provides one very important perspective and then other people in the organization do too. But having that coach, I find, I'd love to get your opinion, Amanda, about like, okay, there's a lot of coaches offering masterminds and I don't know whether you do or not. I like masterminds. I've been in many for decades. Um, they're called peer-to-peer group. You know, there's lots of different yeah. ways you can call yeah. it. Small ones, five people, 10 people, 20 people, whatever. Um, free, costing thousands, whatever, you know, everything yeah. in between. What, like, for those, because I think that a lot of the coaches out there who are building these mastermind groups, you're trying to create this community and, and really build a tool, a place. Um But then I've seen some coaches who are saying, well, you know, one way for me to build my business in volume Mm -hmm. is to, instead of take on those one-on-ones, I'm just going to build a bunch of masterminds and charge people 10, 15, 20 grand. And then just, I'd love to get your opinion. I'm not going to give you my opinion of what I think about them, but that versus just straight one-on-one coaching. Talk, Talk to me about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's interesting what you were saying, like the difference between being employed versus entrepreneurship. To me, it's the same in terms of one. And in in coaching world, it's often talked about like the one-to-one, one-to-few, one-to-many model, because it's challenging to scale a business if you're doing only one-to-one, unless you're charging, you know, a million dollars per client or, you know, a hundred grand at least per client. You can't really scale to the million dollar mark if that's what you want. So, you know, there's benefits and drawbacks of each, right? The the cool thing about masterminds, because I I do both, I do I do have one-on-ones, I do masterminds, I have courses, I do a lot of different types mm-hmm. of things, but it's there's it's just a totally different dynamic. Something that's really powerful about money blocks that I've noticed for masterminds mm-hmm. is that people hear someone else talking about a, ma- a money block and they'll be like, oh my God, I didn't realize that's what's going on for me. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like softens the, the veil of, of 
denial mm-hmm. <laughs> in some ways when you hear someone else say it, you're like oh so you can have different types of breakthroughs and masterminds mm-hmm. you know when you're digging deep with a one-on-one of course you can go way deeper faster with a one-on-one than you can in a mastermind so it's just a very you know yeah. I, I would say i can't say like oh only do one-on-ones or one only or do masterminds other. i think that they're all beneficial in different ways and then of course sometimes for people masterminds are less cost prohibitive if you know like working with me costs a lot more than being in a mastermind of mine and so i like to be able to balance out what's what i offer so that different types of people can work with me um, no, that's what, and that's what I say to a lot of the, yeah. especially the first stage entrepreneurs, they'll say to me, well, what do you like about each? I'm like, it really depends on what you want yeah. to get out of it. Definitely your budget, your budget's big. I always tell them that it's like, if you're going to do yeah. one-on-one with a really good coach, it's going to cost you, you know, yeah. and you have yeah. to bake, bake that into your business, you know, and if, and it, and it will take time. Yeah. It will take time to get there. Whereas with the mastermind, I mean, I had one lady in a mastermind, Barbara, you know, and I remember to this day, this is probably 2014, 15, we were sitting there and she, it was her turn that day to bring on like her challenge. And she did. And we worked through it with the group. And by the end of that session, and this was when we were just still doing face-to-face these days, those days. And um, anyways, we gave her so many great strategies, ideas. She put some of them to work right away her business, she'll, she'll tell it. She's actually said it in public. Like that mastermind put my business on a map, went from like a million dollar business to like a $10 million business. Nice. And I, and she always talks about it. She's like, I remember the day, like the session where you guys were no longer together, that one uh, mastermind group. But she's like, I still, I remember till this day, the breakthrough that I got from there. And she had both, she just like, a, like me, you know, coaching in this. Yeah. And so, I always say like, I have different opinions for different ones, but I will say, depending on the mastermind, depending on the person, I don't know if you do this, Amanda, do you try to, cause I think it's important when you're bringing somebody into a mastermind or putting one together, assembling them, sometimes there might be a person who just, you know, is not going to be a good fit for that group. And I liken that. And I, I say this to the first stage entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're building your company and you're getting that first like leadership team. Sometimes there's a person who's talented, fits the, the bill, the skills, comes in, but doesn't mesh well with the other four or five, six Yeah, culture. People. Yeah. And I said, honestly, with masterminds, that has been my experience. I've been in some amazing one where, where everyone was like, yeah. And then I've been on a few where you're like, there was always one or two oddballs and you're like, I'm out of here, dude. It's not going to work for me. So I just tell people, I'm like, yeah. if you can't afford it, in my opinion, go one-on-one first. And then if you can't, then definitely do the mastermind, but yeah. um, both are very powerful. Yeah. You know, I like to have people do both. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, do both. Like if yeah. you can afford to do both because you get totally different things from each, yeah. you know, so it's like being a mastermind and being a one-on-one, you will have just exponential growth really quickly. Well, that's cool. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, listen, before we close out the podcast, I always like to kind of give you the opportunity to tell us not only where we can connect with you, obviously we'll put all the links in the show notes and I'm sure you've got some great free tools on your website as well, but um, leave us with something positive to think about because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there and people need that sort of inspiration. I love the 
the the NFA sort of moniker, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I always say, and I said at the beginning, your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, change what's within. Mm-hmm. All that means is daily mindset work, really. And, and you and I talked about this and it's really important. It, what if all, like, let's say you were in your twenties, you had a six pack, you had amazing biceps, you just were rocking it out. You know, I'm talking to the dads because it's- Oh, you're talking you know, about me. Oh. <laughs> you know, and you, but then all of a sudden for the whole decade of your thirties, you just didn't work out. What yeah. do you think is going to happen to your body? Yeah. Like our mind is the same. Like you don't just go I like, oh, I'm going to nurture my mind, nurture my mind, and then just forget about it. Like mm-hmm. it's a daily routine. And so, you know, what, no matter what you're doing right now in business and life and money, like take care of yourself. Like you are number one, take care of your mind, your body, your spirit. Like mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. And, you know, I, I work a lot with people on zone of genius stuff, like live in your zone of genius, which means mm-hmm. do your highest, highest telos, your, your purpose in the world. When you do that, everything falls into place in a beautiful way. You become more confident. You drop your fear, your money flows, like things get awesome. And you can't discover what that even is if you don't take time to get to know yourself and, and expand yourself, right? Right. So it's like we neglect ourselves. It's almost always the first thing yeah. that gets neglected. That's true. And so take care of yourself, nurture your mind, be planting seeds of, you know, like I always like to think of like oak trees or one of my favorite is redwoods. You know, I'm like, I'm planting redwoods in my mind. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I want it to grow exponentially and be beautiful and flourishing and thriving. And, and that's a choice. All of us have that choice. Every single person, I don't care where you are in life right now, whether you're barely making money, you're making millions you have a choice every day, what you plant in the seeds, what kinds of seeds you plant into the soil of your mind, like make them awesome. And then you get to have an awesome life. I love it. I mean, really positive words to leave us with. And, and, um, I think when you just said choice, see, I mean, these little things come up, right. It was a book I read 20 something years ago. My stepdad gave to me, it was a book by Rick Pitino called, uh, success, is by choice, not by chance. Like nice. that, even even just the title of that book, and I've read awesome. it many times since. Yeah. Even that to me, he was a coach at the time, and so sports analogies always go well, right? Yeah. But to me, it was going back to that initial when you said about not being a victim or blaming other people. That that to me was very powerful. That book stayed with me forever because I was like, yeah. "You're right." Like it's like whatever I want, whatever dream I create in my mind, it can become reality, and that's a choice. I'm not going to leave it to chance and just, you know, divine nature is going to take its course because it doesn't really have like opportunity doesn't just like come to you and knock. Yeah. You have to go after it. I think yeah. that's what you're talking about. A lot of that. Um, it's been so great talking to you, Dr. Amanda Barrientes. All right. I'll say it that way again. So good <laughs> having you here. And um, we look forward to seeing everything that you do. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, Alex. It's been a joy. Thank you. Thank you.